Welcome to the Industrial Talk Podcast with Scott McKenzie. Scott is a passionate industry professional dedicated to transferring cutting-edge, industry-focused innovations and trends while highlighting the men and women who keep the world moving. So put on your hard hat, grab your work boots, and let's go. All right, that's right. You're listening to Industrial Talk, the number one industrial-related podcast in the universe. That's right, Charlie. Don't 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 even begin to question my. Uh, that's all data. That's all driven by data. I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> and it is an ever-expanding industrial ecosystem of professionals from around the world. It's quite a, quite a lot of mouthful that are solving problems and making your life better. That's what they're all about. And we're broadcasting. We're we're on site here at Distributech 22, Dallas, Texas, is the town. And uh, it's great to see people milling about the place and uh, the slipping and tripping over technology everywhere. Uh, it's great. It's great to see this happening. Right, Charlie? Sure, I love it. <laughs> Have you been to a conference lately? Is you know, this the first one? Um, I went to a, another conference about a month, two months ago. Yeah. So I had to, had to shave, clean up the hair. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you didn't have to look like Howard Hughes after years of being at the top of that casino. <laughs> Use a little hair product. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, it's good to see everybody. I mean, it's, it is good. I've, it just reminds me how much space is in the rearview mirror. Because I see so many people I've seen before over the years. And uh, it's like a reunion, like a high school reunion. Have you come across those people that you've only met virtually? Yes, and the issue is, gosh, I thought you were taller. Or in my case, I thought you were taller. I'm not. So, so true. I, uh, I've come across. Yeah, that's. But it's fun, and and what's interesting over the past couple of years is the the level of innovation that is still. I mean, it's still rapidly speeding, going fast as it can be, and uh, trying to keep up. So the pandemic pandemic didn't slow that down. No, actually, uh, it just went undercover, just a bit. Just a bit. All right, for the listeners out there, give us a little background on who Charlie is. Okay, so I'm uh, head of our utility segment for a company called Ubiquia. I said that very clearly. That's right, and I, and, and for you listeners out there, I'm going to have it out there on uh, Industrial Talk right. spelled correctly. Ubiquia, it comes from the word ubiquitous, which means everywhere. That's right. That's, oh. I'm dropping some truth here That's this right. morning. Right. Um, the, the reason we use that name is because we use existing available networks, LTE networks. If you are, uh, if you yeah. have a cell phone in your pocket, then you are using an LTE-based network from a carrier. Yeah. They can also be private. LTE networks and utilities can take advantage of those networks. They're secure, they're built out, they could use them for grid solutions and they could use them for smart city solutions and that's why we're at Distributech. We have a suite of solutions in all these areas, connectivity, 5G, small cell, traffic congestion in cities, grid monitoring, all of the above at our booth. 4103, come see. Wow. You nailed it. And I don't have any other stuff to know. Oh, we're done here? Yeah. <laughs> wrapping up. Here comes the news. No. So you're at this uh, You're at this event. What are you talking about? What, what, what is the topic you're sort of addressing? So I have a presentation later today. It's at 3 o'clock, so he's already uh, uh, reminded me of that. So that's, this is my practice. 
sort of presentation. So the presentation is around smart city applications and how can we leverage the streetlight. You know, the streetlight for smart cities is kind of like the Nordstrom's, the anchor tenant in this mall. You land the anchor tenant and you build out from there. So much can be done. We start with smart lighting, go back five, seven, ten years, and well, smart lighting is part of smart cities. Wait, 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 wait. You got to define smart lighting. Imagine that you can control the light remotely. When the light burns out, someone knows. Um, okay. They can roll a truck if there's a voltage issue at the light. If you want to set the light to be brighter. Um, some cities like to over-brighten parts of town for obvious reasons, right, for right. safety. Um, so this idea, let's, make, let's go to LEDs. It's a better light, uses less energy, and let's control it. Let's be able to flash it, dim it, schedule it. Um, look at alarms that come from the light and, re and react to the alarm, not just drive around and wait for lights to fail. So this idea of smart lighting is fairly basic. It's been around for 15 years or so. The question is, so what's next? What's in it for the utility? Can they get benefit out of smart lighting? And what other things can we attach to a street light that could further economic development for a city, increase public safety? You know, public safety, especially in the urban areas, is a really a real issue. So yes. because we want to enhance public safety with cameras, sensors, devices. Um, and it leads again back to economic development. You want to live in cities that are thriving, that have crime under control, is evidence management. We'll talk about that a bit. How can you capture evidence around <clears throat> issues on the streets that you can use to resolve issues, but also you can look at to see where, where do we have potholes on roads? Where do we have roads that are undersized for the traffic and we need to expand lanes here? We don't need so much there. Where to place that important municipal spend that's uh, more targeted? So it, it's kind of all of the above. Now, I'm a utility guy. I used to work for utilities, so I also think of it in terms of... Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. What, what utility? I worked for Progress Energy back in the day, based out of Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah, if you yeah. can't tell, I'm, I'm a southerner. And R Progress now is part of Duke Energy. Yep. So headquarters went from Raleigh to Charlotte, about three hours away. Um, so my background is utility operations. So the question is... Half the streetlights in this country are owned by the utilities on behalf of the city. True. True. So, a city wants to put digital signage up on a pole. If they don't own the pole, they have to get permissions from the utility. If they want to add smart lighting, that's something the utility would do. If they want to enhance economic development and make other attachments, that's something that the, uh, the utility has to weigh in on. So, so the question is, what else? What else can be a benefit to the city, but also be a benefit to the utility? And that's an area that I don't think that's ground we've plowed. So, I get it. There's a lot of lights out there. there it's like a there's huge, a heck of a amount. There's a huge number. And, and the, one of the questions is, are we able to, you know, are we leveraging those physical assets in a way that achieves what you're, you're talking about? They're out there. So what can we hang off of it? What can we... And, and it's not just the things that we can hang off the pole or the light. One of the things I'll mention in my, in my talk in about 45 minutes is... Because it's at 3 o'clock? It's at 3 o'clock. Okay. Um, is small cell 5G. 
Everyone talks about 5G. All the commercials on TV about 5G. Oh, it's out there. Well, 5G cannot be provided from a cell tower. It's very fast, but it has a much shorter range. Oh, so, see, that's a, I haven't heard that one. That's yeah, good. so 5G is going to have to be provided on the back of lights, street lights, or utility poles, because it's a block-to-block thing. The faster the speed, the shorter the range, the less, uh, the more interruption you can get to the signal. For instance, 5G cannot go around buildings, can't go through trees. It's got to have line of sight from from the the device to your phone. It's got to be a line of sight. Um, slower speed traffic can go through and around. So, just from a huh. physics standpoint, you cannot deploy 5G without considering how you could use the utilities poles. So, so how are they doing it today? I mean, the people are chirping about 5G, so well, with that I, definition, how are they doing it? Well, if you look around, there are these things called fat poles. They're black, typically. They have, they're fat. They have all types of embedded uh, antennas, arrays. That is a 5G pole. You see them popping up. They're expensive. They require a new pole structure. So the way it's being done today is not leveraging the existing infrastructure. They're not leveraging the street lights and the street light poles. They're putting new poles, new fat poles, which are, by the way, are ugly. And so there's this, this, this yeah. issue around siding the pole, but also, do you want that pole in your backyard, in this nice part of town? That's the way it's done. It's very expensive. It's the slowest path to victory. If you could somehow leverage the existing infrastructure, the existing poles, the streetlights, to build out at least a part of that 5G canopy, well then, it'll, 5G will happen much faster. And it'll happen much yeah. faster because it will be cheaper to install. It, it, it makes sense. Just, uh, I mean, uh, I'm, not, I'm not finding any pushback on what you were mentioning because I, uh, I just don't. Well, you know, we have to, but it, so it's somewhat. I don't know, maybe I'm a naysayer. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm that crotchety guy. The five G exists out there, but it's still not a, a massive coverage. No, it's not. You know, there's different flavors of five G. You hear about um, there's actually three different, I guess, speeds to really boil it down. Yeah, it's like three different speeds of five G, and. A lot of the 5G that's out there is the is the slowest 5G speed, which is easiest to deploy. But if you're not in an NFL city, you're probably not going to get good 5G coverage anytime soon. Yeah. If you're in if you're in Middle America, I just don't think you're going to get it. It's just too expensive for the number of users. So unfortunately, it's a bit like a progressive tax. <laughs> Yeah, th those that maybe need it the most now that we work from home, this whole digital divide has exposed yeah. that the the big underbelly of uh, America needs broadband. Um, as Jimmy Stewart said in the famous movie, yeah, most of the living dying has been done in the small towns, right? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> That's a good one. And, and I just want to commend you for being the first person to quote uh, Jimmy Stewart on the podcast. Well, congratulations. <laughs> uh, uh, I wish I had a pen, but I don't. And well, it's, it's just a, a warm feeling inside. That's all I need. So, <laughs> show of respect. Um, so, with to to truly enable the 
the the smart city. Sure. Right? I mean, 5G has to be a part of it. It has to be a part. If you think about the cities that are growing the fastest, and I, th- I saw a recent study that a lot of the mid-sized cities are growing fast, like Austin, Raleigh, North Carolina, yeah, my hometown, yeah, yeah. Um, because people are finding that if they could just work from home, if they could afford a house, if it was a safe environment, they had proper infrastructure. We tend to think in terms of roads and reliable power, but now people are asking for what's your coverage. Now, when you look at new oh, homes today, wow, it's like that's, that's um, back in the day, you say, do you have a dining room? Nowadays, um, people that move into areas, the first question is, where is the study? Where will I be working? Where's my studio going to be in this house? What kind of coverage do you have? Do you have good schools? Do you have good coverage? Those questions come huh. up. So utilities are involved. Cities know that if they really want to grow and attract talent, they've got to have broadband coverage. Yeah, see, I didn't realize that. That's, uh, of course, I've lived in our house for a little while, so I didn't have uh, that conversation when we first bought it. Well, you know, when my kids went to college and came back, the first thing they said was, Dad, you've got to improve your coverage. If they come home, all their laptops open up and... and yeah, 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 yeah. just, But, but and, and you're in a business that does that. Sure, we, we support that, so that's that's a great need, um, and in this context of cities, that's I think that's a key impediment to economic growth. So, what do we, you know, before we wrap up, where do you see it going? I mean, I I get it, I understand it, I I, I mean, it, it's going to happen some way, shape, or form. Where do you see it going? Well, typically. My experience has been that the technology is always well ahead of the regulatory environment. Okay. Interesting point. And yes. so technology is available, but for whatever reason, it's not cost-effective or the current regulatory environment does not allow for it. Now, let's go back to who owns the polls. Back when the poll attachment fees were created for the utilities, they did not anticipate a future world of small cell 5G Wi-Fi, other things. The, the kinds of attachments they envision might be, you know, uh, traffic counters, etc. So they're having to rethink their tariff structures now. Changing tariff structures for large utilities is a bit like changing tax law. Yeah, it's like me trying to grow hair. That would be a problem. It's a tough one. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so the issue that the utilities face are we have to restructure our tariffs we have to restructure our pole attachment fees we have a whole new class of devices that need to be attached to our poles so how do we do that i don't i don't have an answer that's why you get paid the big bucks you have you have the answers right i don't have all the answers no one does but um collectively i think we have some options it is that back to collaboration we have to collaborate without a doubt how do people get a hold of you well come by booth uh, by our booth, 4103. You can look at our website, Ubiquia, spell it right, U-B-I-C-Q-U-I-A.com. Thank you, because I, I guarantee you I would have spelled it wrong, but I don't, because I've got your card, and I will spell it right, and go. it will be out on Industrial Talk, so don't come to me and say, I can't get a hold of Charlie. Yeah, you can. Go to industrialtalk.com find out more. You will not be disappointed. I'm not disappointed. Good. This has been fun. Thanks. <laughs> All right, listeners. There he is, Charlie. Charlie to my left. All right. We're going to wrap it up on the other side, so stay tuned. Do not go away. We will be right back. 
You're listening to the Industrial Talk Podcast Network. All right, once again, thank you very much for joining Industrial Talk, and thank you definitely for your support. Charlie is his name. Ubiquia is the company. Talking smart cities, solutions at Distribute Tech 2022. And you're saying, Scott, it's 2023. It doesn't matter. 2022 had great conversations, great content, great information, solving incredible problems. And if you're in the industrial, utilities, energy space, that is a conference for you. I think it's in uh, San Diego and it's right around the corner. So put that on your calendar to attend because you, you just have to. You just have to. It's a great conference. Get to see some incredible solutions. All right. At, as you know, we're going to have all the contact information for Charlie, the company, everything out on Industrial Talk. Also, we're kicking off some great series, series into utilities, series that are in manufacturing, series that are in oil and gas, supply chain, and a a lot more out on Industrial Talk. We're trying to pull it all together. We're trying to make the complex a little simpler to understand. That's our goal. That's what we're trying to do. So remember to go out to Industrial Talk, find out more, root around, because we're all about education, yes, collaboration, absolutely, and innovation, yes, you must. And you need to find people to that you trust to do that. So Industrial Talk, great place to start. Thank you very much. We're going to have more coming from Distributech. We're going to have more coming from other conferences. So stay tuned. We will be right back.